the blast from our past network. Admiring your handiwork? Touring the riot scene. Gravely assessing the devastation. Upstanding mayor stuff. You're not the mayor. Things change. What do you want? Ah, the direct approach. I admire that in a man with a mask. <laughs> you don't really think you'll win, do you? Things change. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are doing Batman Returns. And Dean is with us again. Dean, thanks for joining, man. You're welcome, Tim. I will join every time. Yes, you will. Well, most times, unless I t- unless I tell every you, time unless I tell you not to come for some reason. Yeah, unless well, unless you don't tell me about a recording, and then all of a sudden an episode comes out that I'm not on, and I'm like, hey, what the heck? Right, which is fine. Yeah, for you, you're on them. <laughs> you can't be on all of them, Dean. Come on, don't be I know. don't be greedy. I know, I know, I'm greedy. Uh, I'm glad you had me on this one, Tim, because I love this movie. As do I. Um, listeners, do you see what we're doing here? We're doing a back-to-back. Yeah, we do that sometimes. Um, we've only done it once, I think. One time? Yeah, we do that one time. We did that one time. I think it was only... We jo- did that one time. Only Jaws. I think. No, we did it with Star Trek, Tim. We did Star Trek and then we did Wrath of Khan oh, you're right. back to back. Two times. Two times. We do it. This is just about a thing. A couple more yeah, times and this, this will be a thing. Yeah. Uh, well, Tim, if we're doing if we're doing Christmassy movies, we had to do this one. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. Ba- for sure. Batman OG, that's like my Christmas movie. So right. it, it snuck its way in. This is legit a Christmas movie. For sure, for sure. Um, and my Tim, my furnace went out last night. Perfect. So my house has been really chilly. Uh, so just like Catwoman would say, it's going to be a hot time in a cold studio tonight. Nice, Dean. Thanks. Uh, listeners, I uh, Dean, I want to talk to the listeners for a little bit here. Just for, okay, just for a I'll second. Back. I just wanted to say... That Dean tried to spoil this for you all last episode. I had to cut him out because he was trying to tell everybody out there that we were doing Batman Returns. Now, I didn't want that to happen uh, because I like to keep things secret. But Dean wanted, wanted everybody to know. He thought maybe you'd watch the movie ahead of time 
and then follow along with the podcast. I told him, I don't think people actually do that. So um, if you would have preferred that, if you would have preferred Dean spoiling what was coming out this week, drop us a line. Let us know. Um, yeah. If that's something you like, if you would have preferred to have known that we were covering this movie, then in the future, maybe we can let let you know about some stuff that's coming up so you have a chance to watch it. I just don't think people like people do that. I don't know. But yeah. whatever. Um, it's fine. Dean, I said I was talking to the listeners. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I always have something to say. So listeners, let us know if you like that type of stuff. And uh, if you do, maybe we'll incorporate it. Okay, Dean, what is it? Thank you, Tim. Um, there is a there's a current way which you could maybe figure out what we're watching because I now log every single movie that I watch on Letterboxd. Now, the thing is, I watch like three to five movies a week, so you'll have to guess what you think we're covering. But if you follow me on Letterboxd, then you uh, you might see what we what we're doing. Hmm. I'm going to have to decide later whether or not I cut that out. That might be too much <laughs> Tim, information. There's no way. Tim, there's no way anyone can track what we're doing with what I watch. I watch a lot of movies that oh, I log on there. Gotcha. Okay. I'll leave it in then. Yeah. I'll leave it in. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Batman Returns. Very excited. Very excited to do Batman. And now this one. I'm a big fan. I saw it in the theater. Did you? Do you see it in the theater? No, I didn't see it in the theater. I was six, I believe. Um, in fact, Tim, wait, do you want to tell your theater story first? Um. No, I mean, I went, I watched the movie. I probably got some candy. Probably had to leave partway okay, through to go to the bathroom. That usually happens. That's that's Right, you're it. a candy at the movie guy, not a popcorn at the movie guy. That's right. Yeah, same. Um, I actually was too young for this movie. I saw it. I did see it. Um, probably you rented it or owned it or something. And you threw it on TV and I watched it because I would do that often or at least try to watch some of it and it uh it scared me so much that I did not watch this one until a couple years ago oh yeah okay it is very scary it's very different it's very scary yes it's very different it's very scary it's there's yeah there's some things that gave me nightmares okay yeah I I completely understand that I've actually grown to enjoy this one more than Batman Tim, I love that. This is one of my favorite Batman movies. I absolutely love this movie. Now, this movie was released in 1992 with a budget of $80 million. And this movie grosses $266 million. So not bad, but not nearly as good as the first one. Yeah, not bad, but not Batman. Right. That's what I said. Yeah, but I said it uh, more interesting. More interestingly, Tim. Get out of here. Get out <laughs> of here, Dean. <laughs> um, okay, well, how about you just say things more interesting this whole episode then? Okay, let's, I'll try. Let's turn this into something. <laughs> hey, guess what, Dean? Make this what? sound more interesting. Um, okay. This movie did have the highest opening weekend of any film up to that point. Oh, really? Even more than Batman, obviously. Is this... So what I don't know is if this is before Terminator 2 or not, because this is the same year. Same year as Terminator 2. Uh, this came out in June, June or July. 
I okay. don't remember about Terminator. I mean, let's yeah, be I honest. Yeah, I remember Terminator 2. Terminator 2 probably came out. Oh, no, wait, because Terminator 2 also came out in the summer. Because remember my, yeah. my terrible story about not being able to see it? Because my right. cousin baseball. was coaching baseball. And uh, yeah. uh, and we, he wouldn't take us to it because he lost the game. That guy. Oh, man. That guy. That guy. That, that still guy. hurts. I'm not over that. I'll never get over that. You yeah, you, there's no way you could get Anyways, over that. Anyways, hey, that's a great question, Dean. I'm gonna make a yeah. note right now for us to follow up with that on our monthly wrap up episode. Perfect, perfect. Because that Terminator Two was a huge opening, but also it is an R-rated movie, so maybe it didn't Ooh, quite open as point. as big, you know, as this one. But uh, uh, it would be interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing those numbers, Tim. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll come to that podcast with those numbers. We can discuss. That'll be fun. Now, directed by Tim Burton, again, with a team up with Danny Elfman doing the music. Mm -hmm. We've talked about those guys quite a bit. Tim Burton didn't want to come back for this second movie. He thought just like, why? There's nothing I can really do with it. Why follow up that first one? Um. But they enticed him by giving him far more creative control with this one, which is why it's so very different than Batman. Yes, it's it's so weird. They let him be so Burton on this one. Tim, this is like this is like Batman the the Burton cut. They unleashed you know the Snyder him. cut. This is the Burton cut. Yeah, yeah. They unleashed the Burton. Yes, in the Batman universe, and I like what he did. I like where he went. He went to the I love dark it. depths of Gotham City hell. He went so dark. He went so weird. I love when directors take swings at things. I even love when they completely miss. Um, I just think it's fascinating that they even tried, that they even swung for the fences. But when they hit and they connect, um, that just becomes one of my favorite movies, which is what this did. Yeah. Now written once again by famous comic book fan, Sam Hamm. Yes. Uh, it did sound like he uh, missed the mark with this one, though, because the script did have a lot of help uh, after him, but for some reason they weren't credited. But there was someone, oh. uh, a Daniel Waters, who put in a lot of work on the script and uh, kind of got it to where it was. But yeah, from what I heard about Sam Hamm's original script, it would not have been very good. Actually, hmm, interesting. You might have liked it a lot. It was going to be about the penguin and Catwoman searching for a treasure. Hey, sounds pretty I good. I know you like treasure hunt movies. That sounds pretty good, Tim. Hey, let's shout out to John, who also loves treasure hunt movies. What do you think, John? John would that shout have been a, out to John. Would that have been a good Batman Returns concept? Maybe. I don't know. Text me, John. I want to know. Look, it's just my opinion that I think it might not have been so good. But who knows? Yeah. It could have been a lot of fun. The real question is, would Nick Cage have been Batman in that movie then? Possibly. I wouldn't okay, be well, against it. Yeah, you can't lose with that movie then. Yeah. Now, the cast of Batman was just fantastic. We talked about it. We loved that casting. I think it gets even better here. You you agree. You keep Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne and Batman. You keep Michael Go as Alfred. 
but you add Michelle Pfeiffer as Selena Kyle and Catwoman. You add Danny DeVito as Oswald Cobblepot and the Penguin. And you add Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. My only beef with this cast is that they didn't bring back Billy D. Williams. I really enjoyed him. Of course. And I yeah. really would have liked to have seen him as Two-Face. I think he would have done a tremendous job. Which I think was the plan. But uh, was the plan. that got thrown away. Yeah. Yeah, there was a plan also to have um, Robin in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I did know that too. That's a lot of going on in this movie. Uh, it was He was going to be played by one of the Waynes brothers. Yeah. I can't remember which one. There's too many. I think it's Marlon. Marlon, that's him. Yep. Now, as always, Dean, there were many other casting options, as with any big blockbuster movie. I don't want to Fun. go through the entire list, but I do want to touch on some of the more interesting ones. So up for the role of Penguin, John Candy. No thanks. No thanks. I mean, Tim, Love unless me you tell candy. me an actual... Yeah, unless you tell me an actual Penguin, I think I'm going to be saying no thanks to all of these. Um, perhaps maybe this next, this next one tickled my fancy. Okay. Okay. Be open to it. Okay. I'm open. It's different, but be open to it. Think of the possibilities of Christopher Lee. Hey, now. Not, not bad. Not bad. He might be able to pull something off. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who definitely couldn't have pulled something off was singer songwriter, drummer, Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah. What? What? I, I don't even understand. Like it. in what? His first acting gig ever? I I don't know about that one, Tim. Now up for Cat. No, thank you. Yeah, no, no, thank no, you, Phil Collins. <laughs> up for Catwoman. Now again, possibly, possibly. Consider Sigourney Weaver. Poss- possibly. Possibly, yeah. I'll tell you who I definitely wouldn't want to see, and that's Cher. Yeah. Do you believe in cats after life? Tim, is that going to stay on the podcast? Yeah. That would have been a scene, too. Actually, she could have been the most terrifying cat woman of all. Yeah, true. Just playing herself. I, yeah, I might have been into it. Hey, I actually might have been into hold it. Hold on. I think about it. No, I've got a good one here. Okay. Well, an interesting one, but I, th- I think she could have done a really good job. Jennifer Jason Lee. Pretty good. Um, Maybe not yeah, the look, I, so, but so, she can act. That, a sim- that, that lady can act. A similar, like, a very Tim Burton vibe, I think she could pull off, for sure. Now, not really up for the role, but Sean Young, who was... Supposed to be Vicky Vale in Batman, but fell off a horse and couldn't do the role. She showed up in a homemade Catwoman outfit demanding an audition. Yeah, she didn't it's a hard it. video to watch, Tim. I've watched the video. I don't know if you have. It's a hard I, video I have to watch. not, but I'll tell you I what. Don't watch it. I said this about her playing Vicky Vale. I'm totally down for her playing Catwoman. I love Sean Young. I think she could do yeah. a, a tremendous job. I agree. Now, for Max Shrek, David Bowie was Tim Burton's first choice, but Bowie opted out, and Burton was hesitant to cast Walken because he was afraid of him. 
<laughs> I mean, that's rightfully so. Uh, it's understandable. <laughs> David Bowie, though, that would that would be good. David Bowie, yeah, he would have done a fine job. Not as good as Christopher yeah. Walken, mind you. No, no, I agree. This is amazing Walken. Tim, I just want to, for a second, go back to Catwoman because I think Julianne Moore was actually cast as Catwoman, but then got pregnant, and so she had to pull out of the role. I think you're thinking of Annette Benning. I am thinking of Annette Benning, Tim. <laughs> yeah. I am thinking of Annette Benning. That, that is correct. That's Which correct. would be better than Julianne Moore. <laughs> yeah. Julianne Moore? <laughs> I can't even see that. When you said her name, I was like, I don't remember her being an option. You you are correct, Tim. It was Annette Benning is who I was thinking of. Now, let's be serious. Annette Benning, she also would have done a very good job. Love Annette Benning. Yeah, she's good. Another kind of like marketing blitz with this movie, not quite as big as Batman, but mm -hmm. McDonald's jumped into the Batman marketing hype with Batman Returns. Now, I believe for myself, it was a false memory that McDonald's was involved with the original Batman, which it wasn't. Mm. It was only Batman Returns. I think okay. a lot of people would tell you, oh, I remember when Batman 89 came out and McDonald's was doing all this stuff. That's not true. They only got involved after and, and for Returns. But they signed on for marketing for this movie before having seen a final version of the movie. And they thought it was going to be yep. far more like the first movie. And when they saw Returns, they were very upset, as you can imagine. Uh, yeah. Because this is not a kid's movie. No, Tim. The Penguin says things that should not be said in a movie that McDonald's is is promoting. This is no. wild. This movie is so wild. This movie has McDonald's toys. I can't even believe it. I, Tim, I did not. I was not into this movie when I was a kid because it scared me. So I doubled down on McDonald's toys. I had every one of those McDonald's toys. I remember they were little cars. They were little cars yes. that you could, uh, that that had each character in them. I think there was even a Robin one, which was weird. Um, but yeah, I had them all. I loved playing with them. It was so great. Um, yes, I, I can understand that McDonald's would be a little upset with this movie. Yeah, a, a little bit is an understatement. But yeah, that happened. So... Now, before we, we start with the uh, the walkthrough here, I did want to say something regarding the first Batman movie where we had a little conversation about how did Vicky Vale get into the Batcave and they, mm -hmm. yep. they um, tell us in this movie, they actually have a scene yeah. where Bruce Wayne blames Alfred for bringing Vicky into the Batcave. So while yeah. I thought that's what had happened... It was for a good reason because they told us the next movie and I probably had that memory of already knowing that that's what happened. So rewatching Batman, I was maybe remembering some memories of this movie and I, I had that feeling that he let her in for some reason. So uh, mysteries solved. Alfred let her in. Yeah. Yeah. Mystery. Exactly. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, there it is right there. Mystery solved. They must have listened to the podcast and answered it for us. Yeah, they listen. Yeah. So we start off the movie in a beautiful mansion. A baby is born. The father sees the baby and screams. They keep the baby in a cage. The baby eats a cat. And it seems like there's something different about this baby. Uh, yeah, Tim, it ate a cat. We see the mother and father pushing the baby in a stroller through the park. That's a nice family moment, though. Hey? 
The walk <laughs> in the it, park? Is it, Tim? It was <laughs> until they picked it up and threw it into the river. What the hell? What are you doing? <laughs> this movie opens on throwing a baby into the river. It, yeah, it, it opens on an attempted baby assassination. <laughs> the baby floats away. McDonald's toys. <laughs> what? Do you think that was one of them? <laughs> the baby carriage? No, this movie... <laughs> yeah, I had the I had the baby carriage, and it comes with a. You're, you're supposed to throw it into the water, and then it floats. It floats for a bit, then it sinks. This movie had McDonald's toys, and it opens on throwing a baby into the river. Come on, <laughs> yeah, bad start, bad start from McDonald's. Bad start. <laughs> the baby floats away, deeper and deeper into the sewer, and then we get the opening credits, and we continue to follow the baby. Until it comes to a rest at a group of sewer penguins. Mm. So, classic. Okay, yeah, the classic sewer penguin. So that um, yeah. that's a straight up, right out of the gate, origin story for the penguin. And I really liked yeah. it. It's very short. It's very sweet. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, same. Um, and... And very connected to Gotham, which I liked. You know, it's like the sewer of like it's it, that that baby is traveling through Gotham, but underground. And I kind of liked that. I kind of liked that we got you know what's underneath. Oh, that's uh, while cool. we're going through the opening credits. Yeah, that's cool. I do I do like yeah. that. That was one of the great yeah. things about Ninja Turtles that they lived under the totally. city, so people couldn't really yeah. find them. Yeah. Then we go to Gotham City, thirty three years in the future. And this is a very different looking Gotham than we saw in the last movie. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it looks like Batman's actually been making a difference in the city. Yeah, I actually would agree. It does look like it's, it looks pretty good. It doesn't look as dirty as it did before. It's much um, cleaner. Yeah, it's still, it's still dark and smoky, but it's like, it, it is a little bit cleaner. Yeah. So they give us a bunch of characters pretty quick uh, here, which I always like. I was like seeing a bunch of characters, get it over with really quick. Uh, we're at a Christmas tree lighting ceremony, and we hear the penguin in the sewer. He he says a couple things, creepy things. Then we see Alfred, and he's stopped by a newspaper salesman. Mm. And the front page story is about the penguin. It says man or myth. So I like that they're establishing there's something already going on. And that newspaper salesman was Roach from the people under the stairs. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I would like to... I would like to shout out to Podcasting After Dark, which had him as a guest yeah. on their show. Yeah. Well, shout out to Corey from Podcasting After Dark. Went to the same high school as the guy. Yes. Yeah. Love that guy. I love when he pops up. Yeah, cool. I like him. Now we meet Max Shrek and Selena Kyle, and it's a really good intro scene for them. What did you think of that boardroom scene? Uh, the boardroom scene is excellent. I love it. I love the introdu introduction of Selena Kyle. Um, I love that she has like, she doesn't even get to say her idea or her question. You know, she kind of like, oh, I had an idea. Well, uh, kind of more of a question. And then they just laugh her off. Like they just disrespect her so hard. Um, and then she kind of beats herself up about it afterwards as well, which I also like because you don't really see I don't think in these types of superhero movies you really see either the hero or the villains beating themselves up a lot. Like usually, right. usually these characters have have agency. You know, they know what they want to do, whether it's good or whether it's bad. They know, and she's just kind of beating herself up. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I definitely really like that about her. I, I like the way they started to develop both of these characters. 
And mm-hmm. while while Shrek doesn't, well, his character doesn't grow very much, uh, Selena Kyle definitely grows a lot. And I liked seeing her this way to start it off. And yeah, that, that scene is good because um, they let us know that like Shrek is trying to sell the mayor on this new nuclear power plant that he's trying to create. Um, so that that's kind of a bit of a narrative in this story is that this nuclear right. power plant and it's very connected to him and uh, the path of the the bad guys in this movie. So, but yeah, Selena very soft spoken, not confident at all. Um, gets yeah. gets put in her place and feels bad about it, even though she did nothing wrong. Yeah, and I also just love the look of the two. Like Walken looks oh incredible. Max Shrek, he looks like looks a mad amazing. scientist. Yes, he looks like a mad scientist. He kind of looks like Beetlejuice. Like he's got, he's yeah. kind of, he's got the, he, he wears like similar clothes. He's got this white hair. His face is so pale. And it's like Walken doing the Walken thing. You know, like I'm not really sure he was like a goofball before this. I, I, I haven't seen a lot of Walken before this. Um, but what I have seen, he he wasn't really being like the Walken we know now where he's doing the voice thing. Right. I, yeah, I just, I, I right away out the gate, I'm like, oh my goodness, put this guy on the screen all the time. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, wow, man. Does he just pop off the screen? Yeah. Possibly more so than anybody else in this movie. Maybe Catwoman totally. in her black outfit against like the white snowy background maybe pops a bit more. Maybe yeah. because of the composition. But I mean, dude, Shrek. Shrek is just, what a great character. Larger than life on the screen. Yeah, man, the three villains in this movie are are three performances of Batman villains that are in like my top five yeah. performances, like the three in this movie. Yeah. So Shrek heads down to the street to give a speech at the tree lighting ceremony when all hell breaks loose and uh, the clown thugs pop up out of a giant present and they start attacking the city. The police... Was the Joker back, Tim? No, it's Christmas. It could clown could thugs. Be, yeah. Is the Joker back? No, 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 no. He didn't have clown thugs. Okay, I know he didn't. He was a gangster. Yeah, he had gangster thugs. So the police roll in, and they call for the symbol. They light the bat symbol, and early in this movie, we get possibly the best looking shot of the movie, and that's Bruce. He's sitting in his giant study. He's got a bat symbol of his own on his property that catches the light from the signal up in the sky. It redirects it through his study and right onto him. And it was just beautiful visuals. Yeah, Tim. Check out what I made the background of my phone. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. It's that exact exact thing I'm talking about. It's that about. exact thing that you just described. Why I love this part so much is because he's just chilling in a chair, doing nothing. You know, yeah. he's just kind of sitting and reading. He looks bored. He's waiting for that symbol to pop on the wall because he just wants to be Batman. I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's I love that part. It's so beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful. So it doesn't take long for Batman to show up and save the day. And I appreciate that they continue with this idea in this movie that none of the human characters are any match for Batman. He just continues to one-punch anybody he encounters. Uh, very much a fan of that. We see yeah. the Batmobile. It's got some new gadgets, so I like that they're improving on the Batmobile. And Batman saves Selina from an attacker here. 
and she grabs the taser from the thug and gives him a little shock with it. And they, uh, they use that taser a little bit later, so it's a nice setup. And Michelle Pfeiffer here is just playing such a great role in this movie. Um, like, I, I want to say that she's my favorite and she did the best, but then I think about the penguin and it's kind of tough. It's kind of a toss-up. I just, I feel like her role was more dynamic. Like, she, she went from this one character who is so weak to this other character on the other end of the spectrum who's so powerful. So for that reason, I kind of want to give it to her. But, you know, the penguin does things, you know, in different ways that also make him, you know, in the argument. And then Shrek is in the argument for for the best, you know, performance as well, just for the stuff he's doing. But what do you think? Yeah, I think the exact same as you, Tim. I'm, I'm flip-flopping all the time. I think I land on um, Michelle Pfeiffer. I think I land on the Selena Kyle Catwoman performance. It's the thing I enjoy the most out of the movie. So that's why I land there. Um, like, but like Danny DeVito's Penguin is absolutely incredible. He's like, it's so hard to look at him and he's on screen for so much in this movie. And sometimes you just have to like, oh, it's just like so hard to look at him. I love it. I love his performance. And then there's like Catwoman who's so easy to look at. So I love her performance as well. And that's why I think I just like enjoy it more is because when I'm having more fun when she's on the screen, even though like I love Danny DeVito and what he's doing with Penguin. Yeah, I love them both. Uh, I want to say Catwoman's best, but then I try to think if you had to replicate the performance, I think it would be easier to find somebody who can replicate Catwoman's Michelle's Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer's performance than someone who could replicate Danny DeVito's performance. I think that was a one of a kind yeah. performance. So that's why I keep flip-flopping. I don't know. And I guess there's no right answer and we don't have to make an answer. Yeah, it's a good point, though. I'm not even sure Danny DeVito could do that again. I, I don't think anybody can do that. It's it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, his performance rivals Nicholson's performance as the Joker. I think it's better. Uh, like, it, it, it might be. I, I had a whole new respect for Nicholson's performance this last rewatch. So, yeah, I think it's difficult to say. But both of these guys, like, went to another place and became these characters um, I just yeah, don't think you him. can get better than Danny DeVito as the Penguin playing it this way. So in all the commotion of the city being attacked, Shrek finds himself falling through a grate and coming face to face with the Penguin. And the Penguin knows Shrek is dirty and wants to work with him. The Penguin pulls out a bunch of umbrellas here. And I absolutely love how they decided to utilize the umbrellas in this movie. That could have very easily yeah. been a thing they didn't include or just included one time as a nod for the nerds, but they had so many umbrellas in this movie. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. So many umbrellas that do different things. You know, they, they could use the moments where like they grab the wrong one or like they're faking you out with what it does. It's just, it's so much fun. They had, they had a lot of fun creating, you know, yeah. all these umbrellas and it, it really shows through. Yeah. So the penguin says he wants to return from the sewers and find his parents. And he's spitting black ink out of his mouth all the time. I just yep. love that touch, which was brought to the character by Danny DeVito. He thought the character wasn't yes. quite disgusting enough and that would help, <laughs> which it definitely did. It helped. Yeah, it helped. So the penguin blackmails Shrek into working with him by showing him toxic waste 
dumped by Shrek. He shows him incriminating documents and the hand of Shrek's old business partner who was murdered. And Tim, I yeah. love this idea. I love the, the idea, blackmail idea that he, well, that he's lived in the sewer all his <laughs> so life. He gets all that shit. And we just throw out, we just throw <laughs> out our garbage. Yeah, and totally. so he collects it and learns about us. I, I love it. I, I, I was thinking the other day, I was like throwing out a piece of paper or something into the recycling. And I was like, this paper still exists in the world. Right. I have to burn it to make it disappear. True. And so we just like do that. We just throw stuff away and he just grabs it all in the sewer and puts it all back together. I thought it was a really great idea. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. We also get to see all the penguins down in the sewer, like the actual penguins. And I, I think they're just great. I, I fucking love them, dude. They all seem to have personality and seem to understand what's going on and are a part, like a, they've decided to be a part of the plan and they're like on board. <laughs> it's fantastic. They're sewer penguins. It's so fun that there's penguins in the movie and that they are they are like also henchmen (laughs) yeah also part of the plan it's It's so much fun as dark as this movie is some of the ideas are so fun that it like doesn't even make sense with the darkness of the movie but that's why this movie works so well because while it's dark it's still goofy and fun yeah, but, do you think they would have allowed this thing in the first Batman movie? No way. no way. But like, that's what we get out of this. It's so goofy, so dark. Awesome. There were 12 emperor penguins. There were 30 African penguins. There were men dressed up in penguin suits. There were robotic penguins, as well as CGI penguins. And wow. the penguins were treated very nicely as well, I would say. On the flight over, the plane was refrigerated down to 45 degrees. In Hollywood, they were given a refrigerated trailer. They had their own swimming pool. They were given half a ton of ice each day. They had fresh fish delivered straight from the docks. And even though in Hollywood, it was 100 degrees outside, the entire set was refrigerated down to 35 degrees, which made some of the actors and actresses uncomfortable. But... You need the penguins. You got to treat the penguins right. That's amazing, Tim. That's some amazing facts right there. I love it. I love treating the penguins right. Uh, the penguin in this movie says to turn up the AC. And uh, he was pro- that was probably just real footage of him saying to turn up the AC, AC for the penguins. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. Let's turn up the AC. That was a horrible oh, We'll penguin. get there. You're jumping ahead. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We see Selena Kyle back at her cute apartment where she listens to a message from herself telling her she probably forgot some files and needs to go back to the office. So she does. And Shrek shows up there as well. And unfortunately for Selena, she was doing a little bit of snooping into some files, Mm. into some locked files. And she has learned Shrek's power plant is actually going to store power, not create power. Ah, Shrek. That's opposite. Yeah. Shrek doesn't like hearing that very much at all. And he does what anybody would do. He murders her. (laughs) He murders her. He pushes her out a window. Right? Yes, of course. That's what you do. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I really like this moment. This is a terrifying moment. This might have been the thing that gave you nightmares, possibly. Maybe. It was part of it. There's one specific thing in my mind that happens later that I'll tell you, but this was part of it for sure. This was a very shocking scene for me. I remember seeing it in the theater 
And I was really taken aback by it because he makes like he he's all like terrifying and and saying like like creeping her out and walking her towards a window, and then he pretends like it was a big joke, and I lighten up. I'm like, oh my goodness, thank thank goodness, it's just a joke. He's not gonna do it. And then she lightens up, and he right away just snaps and pushes her out of the window. And then her head hitting the awnings on the way down was like very jarring to watch. Uh, yeah. I remember that being a really tough scene to watch, but she falls through four awnings on her way down, slowing her just enough so she doesn't get killed when she lands. It's one possibility. Or was it all the cats in the area swarming on her that bring her back to life? They seem to be talking to her. Like the cats were like, it almost like they were talking to her. And then one of them starts chewing on her finger. Which was, yeah. that always creeped me out, but I don't know. Yeah. Either way, she's alive. One of them. I don't know. However yeah. you want to look at it, it's fine. One of them, like, was giving her mouth to mouth. He, like, stuck his mouth inside her mouth right at the beginning. <laughs> so, right. So uh, I wonder if Burton yeah. was playing with, like, she's getting, like, energy from the cats. Like, they're bringing yeah. her back to life in, in a way. Um, yeah. I think there's something there, but I, I don't know. I think she died. You think she died? Yeah. She looks so dead. <laughs> so yeah. I think she died and then somehow, whatever, who cares, got life. Yeah, I, I think that was probably his purpose. I've never looked at it that way. I've looked at it like she was knocked out and the cats kind of like bring her back. But she's kind of like just all consumed by them when, when she does come back. But I'd yeah. probably have to lean to your side with what Burton probably was going for. He's probably going for like they breathed a new life into her yeah they do like a nine nine lives thing with her and this is number one i think that she counts that was a that was a really cool thing in the movie that she has nine lives right. and can die nine times yeah. man uh really really fun that's just really fun i remember as a kid being really into that part of it y i remember yeah. being very scared of the movie but also very aware and keeping track of her lives yeah that was a nice touch yeah. So she heads back to her apartment and has a bit of a breakdown here. She completely trashes her apartment. She makes a new outfit for herself and she becomes Catwoman and she looks incredible. And yep. Dean, when I was younger, after the movie came out, I had a Hell Here Catwoman poster. That's amazing. Yeah, had it, had it up in the room. Oh, that's incredible. I love that because I love this part. I love the the hell here thing um, changing. Was it hello there into hell here? Yeah, um, very, very good. I love her snapping. I just I just love that she like she comes home the first time, listens to stuff on the answering machine and it's all pathetic stuff. And so when she comes home the second time and starts to listen to the pathetic answering machine and then hears Here's something trying to sell her perfume that'll make her boss like her. Right. She just loses it. Her boss just tried to kill her. She is trying to make her boss like her. And he killed her. And so she just loses it and trashes her apartment. I feel so I, I feel so good in this moment. Like it makes me want to be so mad at something that I trash my house. <laughs> it just like looks like she's releasing so much energy. I love this. I, I love this scene. Yeah, it's really good. Again, I mean Michelle Pfeiffer just come on. What a performance. 
I love when she's stuffing her stuffies into the garbage disposal. That's my favorite. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. It's she's so too, good. She's and too the grown cat... up now for stuffies. She's too grown up for stuffies. The cats around her are terrified of what she's doing. Like, the cats <laughs> yeah. are good actors. They're just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Great scene. Great, great scene. It's great. She's so great. And like, even up at like from the first time she was on screen and this scene is so good. She's funny. She's pathetic. You know, she's dramatic. It's she's just do, hitting all the beats right now. Definitely. Now the penguin starts his master plan in motion by staging a kidnapping of the mayor's baby, then saving it, thus starting his own bid to become the mayor of Gotham City. I love the idea that the penguin goes for mayor. That's I love brilliant. It. I love it. That is um, a callback to the 66 Batman series where there were a couple episodes where that penguin tried to get uh, mayor of Gotham City. So just a really fun idea. That was not in Sam Hamm's original script. That was added in after. Uh, I can't imagine this movie without that in it. So yeah, it's, it's great. Penguin says he wants to find out who he is, who his parents are. So he heads to the Hall of Records, but he's not looking for his parents, Dean. He's looking for all the firstborn males in Gotham. Yeah. I mean, we don't know that no. at that time. So so he's just going through all these records and we're like, what's going on? Yeah. What's he doing? It's a lot of homework <laughs> just to find out who your parents are. It's a lot of homework. <laughs> Bruce Wayne has been very interested in the Penguin story so far and is digging up his own records on the Penguin. And Bruce thinks he's up to something and thinks he already knows who his parents are. And the penguin ends up finding out who his parents are and he finds out that they're dead. And his parents are Tucker and Esther Cobblepot. He says he forgives them and is ready to move on with his life. What a nice guy. Yes. Forgive yes. and forget, can I right? Quote, can I quote him? Can I quote him at the grave here at the gravesite? Oh, please do. He says, it's true. I was their number one son, but they treated me like number two. Ooh, you're allowed to that's murder a... your number two child, but not your number one? No, Tim, that's a poop joke. They threw him in the sewer like oh, number two. Oh, nice. I never picked up on that. <laughs> yeah. He makes poop a jokes. poop joke at his parents' grave. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. I never picked up on that. <laughs> great job. That is totally Fantastic. his personality. He would do that. I love that. Definitely. Nice pull. Now, Shrek and Bruce Wayne are meeting about the power plant. And Shrek wants Wayne's support. And Wayne sees right through it. He's not going to be a part of it. And then Selena Kyle walks back in. Well, what? she's supposed to be dead. Great yeah. moment. Shocker. Shocker moment. Um. This is a, a brand new Selena Kyle, though. She's confident. She's powerful. She's charming. Mm -hmm. She's funny. Uh, and Bruce immediately has a crush. That's that yes. guy, that playboy millionaire. Always crushing yes. on the beautiful women. Yes. Tim, do you remember what he says yeah, he said, when he first? He says he thinks yeah, they've met before. Uh, yeah. She doesn't remember, though. And he says, sorry, I mistook me for somebody else. Which is just fantastic. Come it's on, fantastic like, line. And then she she so kind of corrects him. She's like, 
do you mean you mistook me for someone else? And then he's just kind of like thinking in his head, like, wait, what did I just say? But yeah, he mistook him for someone else because he met her the first time as Batman. Yes. Which is a great Tim, joke. It's great brilliant. Joke. It is brilliant. It's a great joke because it's what you would say when you're flustered. If you were flustered that you met this like pretty girl, you might slip up your words and say something like that. But it's actually true. He mistook himself as someone else. It's great. I love it. So I love it. Selena is playing it up here like she doesn't remember anything, but clearly she remembers it all. Oh, yeah. Now, moving ahead a bit, we get a fun scene where Batman, Penguin, and Catwoman finally all meet each other. And Penguin's watching his goons attack the city again. Batman's there to stop them. And Catwoman was vandalizing and blowing up a department store. And Batman and Catwoman have a fight on a roof. They share a special moment on the roof. They're kind of into each other as Batman and Catwoman mm -hmm. until Catwoman stabs him with her claws and he responds by punching her off the roof and she falls yeah. and is saved by a truck of kitty litter. Yeah. It's uh, fun that she falls into a truck of kid kitty litter. Um, Great sequence. Uh, I love the coming out of when they first meet, when they're all in the same uh, spot for the first time, and she just says meow. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and then they just have their, they have a great fight. It's a great first meeting for Batman and Catwoman, I think. I, I really enjoy it. I like that they're flirty and fighting at the same time. It was a really interesting dynamic. It is really interesting because I'm watching it, and I think they like each other, like, because they're so flirty, but then they actually don't. Like, Catwoman is very mad at him by the end of this, and and he's, I mean, I don't know, he's he, maybe he still wants to be flirty with her, but like he know he she blew up a department store, like he wants to stop her, he doesn't want her to do those things. So yeah, yeah, they're very flirty, but they definitely are enemies still. It's it's a cool vibe. Mm -hmm. Now the penguin here, he's starting to dig into his role as mayor. He says he wants to be called Oswald, not the penguin. Right. Um, I think that's a really neat change for his character that he's yeah. he's enjoying being a citizen and he he wants more yeah. of it. He wants he really does at the core want to be like normal, like part of society. And we kind of learn that yeah. from this because when he gets the opportunity to join society again, he kind of like he kind of does it. He he gets into it. Now it doesn't totally. go his like way and and he ends up reverting back but if this all worked out for him he may have been like a new sort of upstanding citizen even though his he was kind of like into dirty stuff with shrek but yeah yeah i i think the first time that he's being like that the idea is being like put past him that he could be mayor he's in like these disgusting pajamas he's eating a raw fish like he's just eating it in front of all these people he just looks gross he still looks gross but then the next time like this time you're talking about right now when he wants to be called uh oswald he's like wearing fancy clothes he's wearing a top hat he's embracing it he likes it he doesn't want to be the penguin anymore he likes being part of side he wants to be mayor it's not just part of the plan anymore he just he just wants this he likes people he likes when people like him exactly yeah. So Catwoman pays him a visit and wants to cut a deal. And that deal is kill the Batman. Then we see Bruce and Selina are on a date at Wayne Manor. 
in front of a fireplace I really, really badly want to have. It's I like want a that human, fireplace. It's a human-sized fireplace. It, it is. It is huge. Those logs in the fireplace are are bigger than I am. Like they are gigantic. I love that fireplace. You could basically walk into the fireplace to place the logs to burn. It's just yes. that big. Yes, they ha- they have like a tiny TV in the room. I know it's 1992. I mean, I guess it's not tiny, but like it's maybe tiny now. But it's like you're like he's a billionaire. Why doesn't he have a bigger TV? Oh. He has this fireplace. You don't even need a TV. Well, I'll tell you what, though. That TV was the most expensive TV you could find at that time. That's probably true, yeah. It was like a big tube TV with a flat yeah, screen, right? Like, yeah. That was pretty advanced. I remember my buddy bought a TV like that, and it was just like, holy crap. Back then, it was all yeah. about size, like the size of the TV. Uh, it wasn't about like quality of picture or anything. Right. Just the bigger yeah. the TV, the more expensive. And it was just a gigantic TV on speakers. Um it's the type of TV that like eventually becomes a liability because you have to end up moving it out of your house at one point and it's just so big right. and nobody wants it. But yeah. man, was it cool when he had it and it was so expensive. I would give up every TV for that fireplace. Oh, me too. I'd give up everything. This, every, I'd give up everything, everything for that fireplace. For that fireplace. Everything. Anything. Um, this scene, uh, I love it. I love this scene, one of my favorite scenes, and this is where the movie, for me, starts to like even hit another gear because I'm getting this Batman, Catwoman, Bruce, Selina story um, that wasn't happening until this point. Um, so I just like, I absolutely love this scene and I love, I love their, I love they're both concealing like their identities. You know, they're both like, they have, they have their superhero um identities that they have to protect um but they're on a date so they're being vulnerable and they're trying to do both at the same time i absolutely love it yeah as do i and i'll tell you what i'm really surprised that in a movie that is so jam-packed full of story and full of content and characters that they were actually able to pull off this storyline with like batman and catwoman like being flirtatious and fighting and also have a really good believable storyline with Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle, where you kind of buy into their relationship. And like by the, by the end, um, you know, when you, when they, you know, spoiler, they find out like who each other is, but Mm -hmm. it's a moment that is believable. And it's a moment that it's a moment that hits because of all the buildup they've brought us like, to that point and i'm just really surprised they were able to do that with everything else that was going on so i i I think i really want to call out to burton here he stuffed so much stuff in this movie and made everything make sense it's just there's like no slow point in this movie it's just one thing after another after another and i really realized it when i was trying to make some notes for this episode and i was like whoa like what this there's way too much information here like everything is kind of important everything matters if i leave little things out the, the story kind of falls apart so you kind of have to keep everything in yeah. but there's so much stuff to talk about um far more things happening than the first batman yeah definitely in in a movie that i absolutely love a movie that is in my top 50 the Selena Kyle Bruce Wayne storyline is my favorite part of the movie. I I love it and it is what I always 
enjoy the most when I'm watching this movie that I love. Yeah, so just sticking with his date for a second, last movie, yeah. Bruce gave up his identity after one date. And I feel like on this date, he's struggling to hold back that he's Batman. Yes. I feel like he already wants to tell Selena Kyle he's Batman on date one. He's Tim. He's tired of wearing the mask and the mask is Bruce Wayne. And he is tired of wearing Bruce Wayne. He just wants to be Batman with someone. <laughs> yeah. Now, while this date is happening, Penguin is off framing Batman for killing uh, this ice princess. And their date abruptly ends when they see on that gorgeous TV that a batarang was found at the scene of a murder. Mm. So the murder is actually a setup. Don't worry. It's just a setup. Okay. They, it wasn't Batman. No, it wasn't. They want to okay. make it look like Batman throws the ice princess off a roof. They want to go one step right, yeah. further. So that plan actually worked. They do get him framed for that. Yeah. And the penguin is very happy about things and he wants to consummate the new partnership with Catwoman. Well, she's uh, obviously disgusted by this, as, as you would be. And that hurts the penguin's feelings, though. So he does what you do when your feelings get hurt. He tries to murder her. Right? Right. Yes. That's, yes. She was. I guess that's what super she villains was sending... do when their feelings are hurt. Right. She was sending all the signals. <laughs> yes. So when she right. didn't want to, uh, when she when she didn't want to consummate the uh, the victory, um, he he decided he would kill her because she was sending all the signals. This one's on her. Yeah, it was her fault um, in his eyes. So he wraps an umbrella around her neck, a helicopter umbrella, sends her up into the sky. She's able to free herself, and she ends up falling through a greenhouse. That yeah. that one looked like it um, hurt real bad. That one looked like it definitely hurt. Yeah, it, that that's the interesting part. Um, when she falls in the kitty litter, I'm like, well, she didn't die no. because of that. The kitty litter stopped her fall. Um, but when she falls here, I'm like, that could definitely kill her. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I like... So, like there's there's all this like you said there's all this stuff going on and how to tie in all the all the threads and it's really just like catwoman is in this movie and like like catwoman doesn't like batman just because he like threw her off that roof that one time so that's why she goes and teams up with the penguin they get together they have this plot together and it's it's catwoman's like basically personal revenge where where it's like the penguin needs to get rid of Batman because he wants to be the mayor. So I like this team up. I I like that they they team up for just a short part of the movie, just this section of the movie, and they succeed. Like their team up succeeds. Why wouldn't it? Like it's two it's two of the villains putting their heads together and framing Batman. Uh, so I do like that they get this win here, and then they immediately break up because they are completely opposite from each other. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I like I do like that they team up for the short time. Um, yeah. which is fine though, because that's kind of like the arc, right? Like we have to, you have yeah. to create both of those characters. Then they come together for a short time, then they break apart and then you have to kind of close off their stories. So I feel like it is a really nice three arc structure with, with those bad characters, with the bad guys, with the baddies. Yeah. Cause I think you can get lost on what like Selena's doing in this movie. Like what, what is Catwoman doing in this movie? She wants revenge on Shrek. And then as she's doing that, Batman gets in the way. So she wants Batman out of the way. 
And so that's why I like this part where it's, you get to fight because she wants Batman out of the way. Yeah, and she's struggling with all sorts of emotions as Selina Kyle as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Now, Penguin takes remote control over the Batmobile. And Dean, what did you think of this scene? I mean, I love it. It is, it is as goofball. Well, okay, it, it's not as goofball as the movie gets, but it is close. It, it's like it's probably gotta the, be there. It's pretty near the top. Yes, the I would say the top is when uh, Bruce Wayne does some some scratching on oh, the CD. Sure. He does uh, some disc scratching. I try so to forget about that part. I try to forget <laughs> yeah, that that that's actually happened. Same. That's the only part I don't like about the movie. Um, that uh, yeah, so that's goofball top. Oh, this hold on. Is also, you can't level. scratch. You can't mix a CD. I know. This doesn't. Ha- I know. It's not possible. I know. I don't know what's happening in that part. I don't know why it's in the movie. Um, this is the the second highest goofball, and I like it. I love it. I think it is so funny that the penguin is driving the Batmobile um, remotely from a like coin-operated little Batmobile. Like that's like a carnival ride that you would, or that you would see in a mall. Yeah. You would just put a quarter into a little Batmobile and it would shake you around. That's and that's what he's. It's the best. That's what he's driving the Batmobile from. He's a little guy. He needs the little car. I I think it's really fun. I like this part. Do you think he had that made specifically for this moment? Or do you think he stole it as it's like an actual thing that you might be able to find in a mall in Gotham City, like a Batman ride? I think that's a great question. I think he probably had it made because all these clowns seem to know a lot about like electronics and stuff. So I think they probably made it for him. I agree. I think he made it for that moment yeah. it's cool yeah, it was great he yeah it's awesome um a couple things that i like about it basically as the penguins driving that car he, he's taking control of the batmobile batman is inside it it is smashing through gotham city it's driving over cars it's trying to run people over this is another level to his framing of batman plot because this exactly. looks like batman is on a rampage so yeah I, I like that Penguin didn't really just stop at pushing the Ice Princess off the roof. He's really trying to, like, drive home the idea here that Batman has become a maniac. So I, I really appreciated that part of it. Um, and then the other thing that happens is Batman records Penguin kind of speaking freely to Batman about how he's, like, playing this whole city right now. Like, this yeah. is all just a, a, a plot of his. He thinks the people are stupid, and Batman's able to record that and very quickly use that to his advantage. So, um, pretty good scene. Yeah, really good. I I just thought about this sort of for the first time as you were talking, but this is the Penguin also taking the Catwoman's plan because his original plan was just to blow up the Batmobile, just to take, like rig the Batmobile and turn it into a bomb. That's what he said initially. And then Catwoman, when she was talking to him, said that it would be more effective if we turn him into the villain, turn him into us, just another person who's putting on a costume and terrorizing everyone. And so this is this is the Penguin following that plan, even though they already sort of had their breaking up, he's still going forward with this part of the plan because it's a good idea. Yeah. Now, At the very next press conference that Oswald has, Batman is able to use that recording against him and play it over the loudspeakers, and the city revolts against Oswald, and his run for mayor 
is now over. So Penguin rushes off. He heads back to the warmth of his sewer and proclaims, he's not Oswald. He's the penguin. He's not human. He's an animal. Cold-blooded. Crank the AC. Because the penguins are too warm. (laughs) The the penguins are too warm. Crank the AC! Uh, And now it's time, Dean, for him to finish his true mission. Which is murder. Murdering more people. Yeah, so... It's as, it's actually his expanded mission right now, I think, right? Or no, is this his just true? His true first, his true first mission. mission was he wanted revenge on Gotham City. Uh, he wanted right, yeah. all the firstborn of Gotham to die. He wanted them to, because that's what sort of happened to him. That's what his parents tried to do, do to him. He wants to flip right. it on everybody else. Yeah, that's his master plan. He got caught up in the whole yeah. mayor thing, but you know who wouldn't? That's fame. You can get Who caught up it? in fame. Yeah. It's very easy to get caught up in fame. He was getting all the attention. He was thinking, maybe I don't need to kill all the firstborns in Gotham. But uh, after this, after they throw tomatoes and lettuce at him, Tim, who who brings tomatoes and lettuce to a press conference? I don't know. Haters. Some, somebody always does. Haters. It's a Haters. good lesson for everybody, though. Don't get caught up in fame. Yeah. You know? Don't get a big head. Just, For sure. Uh, stick stick to your guns. You know, stay grounded. Um, that's what the yeah, penguin man. has taught us. Yeah, he, he taught us that you should stay grounded. He couldn't. He couldn't stay grounded because he's just. It, honestly, I think it's because he grew up in the sewers. Well, he, you know, I think it, he was man- manipulated by by Shrek. Oh, that's that's very true. That's yeah. So here's another thing. Um, just know 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 who your friends are, right? Yeah. Don't just don't just trust the newest, like most handsome white haired guy who comes into your life. He might not have your best interests at heart. Right? Yeah, you got to look out for yourself. Stick to your guns. Yeah. True. If you do something he doesn't like, he might just throw you out a higher window. Wow. That made up for that the whole AC stuff that you did earlier. Thank wow. you. Thank you, Tim. Hey, how about uh, Max Shrek's son Chip? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I love that he's just a dummy, just a meathead. Yeah, I loved him as Zangief in Street Fighter. That's his best role. Is that who he was? Yeah. He's oh, amazing. He's in a lot of stuff, but I love him as Zangief. He's in a lot of stuff because he's huge. He has a giant body and a giant face. He's huge. He's huge. So Shrek throws a party where Bruce and Selena meet up. And they're dancing. It's all nice. Selena says she's not there for Bruce. She's there for Max. And he gets a little bit, uh, Bruce is a little bit sad. But she she clarifies that she's there to kill Max. And she pulls out a gun. And then they realize who each other are, which was another neat moment. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool the way they did it. Then the penguin explodes through the floor in a giant yellow rubber ducky RV, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, get me uh, one of those. Yeah, definitely. There, I, I just there's I have so much to say about the scene, Tim. <laughs> there's like. 
first of all, this is where all the Selena Kyle Bruce Wayne stuff comes. Like, like it, it, it ends here. Like this is the this is basically the climax of it all. We've been going back and forth between them as Batman and Catwoman fighting, then Selena's Bruce dating, then Batman Catwoman fighting. We've just been going back and forth, and we're at a masquerade ball. They're the only two not wearing a mask because their faces are their mask. Right. They really are their their. They're superhero and supervillain. That's who they really are. So they can show up to this party without the, anything on. And then they, they like you said, they say this thing about mistletoe that they had commented on before, figure out who each other are. And then Catwoman thinks they need to fight now because they're enemies. How could they be friends if they're enemies? It's my favorite scene in the entire movie. And you end it, or I guess you don't end it, but then in the middle of this thing, the penguin comes into this party in a rubber ducky. <laughs> what is going on? Well, thank goodness I you can't. Love thank it. goodness it's you chaos. Can, I love it. Thank goodness. The the drama <laughs> yes, was getting too, too too intense between Bruce and Selena. It was actually it was really intense. It felt really like it did feel like that would be a tough dance to be a part of. Like they were, it was getting real. It was getting real. What are you actually going to do next in that scene, other than have them fight? It's they were probably I I could see like the, the the script doctor being like, well, I don't really know where to go from here. You know, we totally, we need something yeah. big to happen. Let's maybe let's yeah. just have the penguin explode up through the floor in a giant yeah. rubber ducky. Totally, that'll get people's I mean, minds Bruce off of what what just happened. And it did. Oh, yeah. Bruce basically, right before that, said, see you at the flagpole. He said, like, let's go outside. Right. She said, are we supposed to fight? And he's yeah. like, let's take yeah, it like, outside. Let's not do it in here, but let's do it outside. Yeah. yeah. So he, I think they were going to fight. <laughs> That's great. Ah, uh, I kind of want to know what would have happened. I know. I know. Oh, man. Is there a director's cut of this? The uh, Burton, This the is Burton the director's cut. cut, Tim. They let him do everything he wanted. <laughs> Well, Penguin, he shares his master plan with everybody at the party. He grabs Shrek and heads down into the sewer. And Batman, however, here is able to intercept the train of kids that the Penguin has captured and save them. And I love right. that the train of kids was like a an actual train of kids. It was like... It was a train. It was like a... Like, the type of train that a three-year-old would play with and that you, you could like yeah. connect together. It was a life-size version of that. And the kids were like stuck yeah. inside all the cars with like wooden bars and stuff. It was, man, it was great. Great design. It was great. Yeah. It's an underrated part of the movie for sure. Some people just like forget that that even happened. It's like, it's a great part. It's, it's, so it's Batman. It's like Batman's like second biggest moment in the movie is saving the day here. But like, I feel like it's part that I forget that he saves the day here from this amazing looking train that there's kids put into the back of. It's a great part. I would absolutely love to see a behind the scenes movie of Penguin, like buying all this stuff or having it made. Yes. Like his giant rubber ducky, his Batmobile ride. Like this train, where do you get this train from? Amazing. His clowns yeah. just must be working around the clock. They're all like, they must be super smart engineers and carpenters and, you know, all this other stuff to be able to build these types of things. I'd love to see the behind the scenes with Penguin and his crew and how he gets these things. That would be amazing. So 
having his main plan thwarted by Batman throws Penguin into plan B mode, which is instead of killing all the firstborn of Gotham, let's just kill everyone in Gotham. Yeah. And great scene here where Penguin is talking to about 500 penguins and he he's explaining their mission and they all have yeah. missiles strapped to their back which is again this is such a fun idea penguins with missiles strapped on their back is something right out of the comic book i, I love it it is totally yeah but these penguins he, oh, go ahead i was just gonna say he also to these penguins yells the words erogenous zone um, and this is, again, a movie that had McDonald's toys, Tim. <laughs> yeah, it sure was, Dean. He says, what's the difference between boys and girls when their erogenous zones are blown sky high? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a penguin. McDonald's a, toys, a coming special up. special type of guy. He's a special type of guy. He's a special type of guy. He didn't learn etiquette in the sewer. <laughs> no, true. That's true. That's true. Now, all these penguins, they all look really into the plan. And man, DeVito is acting just completely bananas here. He's out of control. Yeah. He's lost it. It's like he, it, all his his master plan has failed. And now he is acting like uh, Selena Kyle was in her apartment. He's having his breakdown here. Yeah. It's like his things are not what he was expecting. Um, yeah, good and point. It's just a lot of it's just a lot of fun. I just love watching it. It's a lot of fun because he's talking to penguins. Yeah, I know. And they're listening. They have rockets on their backs. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, animal activists were upset with this part where the mm. penguins, you know, probably shouldn't have missiles strapped to their back. They might not enjoy that. I, I get it. But like dogs like to have jobs sometimes, right? Maybe penguins like jobs. Yeah, I, th I think it was fine to put a little prop yeah. on a penguin's back, especially with how they treated those penguins. Yeah. I don't know a lot about penguins, but they also, some of them have little helmets and mm. they must like wearing those little helmets. I would love to wear a little helmet. I, I would wear that costume and not be at all yeah. offended by it. Yeah. Actually, that'd be a good Halloween costume. One of the penguins oh. from Batman Returns with the missile and Come little on. helmets. I bet you could buy a costume from the set. Oh, you think so? I think so. There's some emperor penguins that are pretty big that I think were, well, were yeah, there's some people, people in costume. Yeah, people in costume. Yeah. That sounds expensive. I want to get one of those and, and put a put a little yeah, it's expensive, <laughs> but I want to put a little uh, a little hat That'd on be the best. A little helmet. That'd be the best costume at the party for sure. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Yeah, next Halloween. Yeah, next Halloween. Okay. The penguins all waddle out to Gotham Square where they'll launch the missiles. But Batman is able to jam the signal that's controlling them. So this is the first we learn that there's a signal controlling the penguins, which I believe is why they're so happy to be working and doing the things the penguin wants. Because this whole time, he's actually been mind controlling them, which they never get into other than this one moment where Batman flips a signal and then all the penguins turn around and actually start to look like penguins, and they're just like waddling back to the sewer. Interesting. I actually never understood that. I think that's what's going. That's what the helmets are for. They're like mind control devices. I think you're. I think you're 100 right. I thought he flipped a switch so they couldn't mind talk to each other. 
which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I thought he flipped the switch so they can't telepathically. Penguins can't talk to each oh, other. Oh, well, that's that's a real stretch right there. That doesn't make any sense, Tim. You somehow You're got to that they're right. already talking to each other telepathically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he jammed the signal so they're all like, well, whatever. We're just going to walk away. I mean, Dean, that's a cool idea. I'll give you that. That's a That's a cool idea. I don't know why I thought that one. I mean, well, because they don't really bonkers, tell us so. what's going on, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't really know. Yeah. But now Batman, he's able to track that signal that they were, were receiving from their helmets. He's able to track the origin of that signal back to the penguin's lair. So he knows where the penguin is and he goes after him in his new like sewer crawler vehicle, which was kind of neat. Oh, it's yeah. Like a brand cool. new vehicle. Yeah. So Penguin, he takes off in his rubber ducky, but Batman is able to intercept and smash it down. And the Penguin crawls out of the rubble and he pushes the button to launch the missiles, but they're now firing on his current location. So the the scene I'm a bit unsure about, like Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why the missiles start heading towards his location. Um, Yeah. I, I feel like the box he had a but he had a box and a button and he pressed it yeah. and the missile started firing towards him. So I feel like yeah. that box was just like, okay, if I press this button, the missiles are all gonna fire on me. Maybe like I guess if he was gonna if he was gonna press that button and the penguins were still under his control, maybe the missiles were going to go somewhere else but now that the penguins are not in his control the signal has been jammed he presses that button and they all start going towards him i'm not sure why but yeah i feel like he does that knowing that that's going to happen and i think that in that moment he's willing to sacrifice himself as long as he can kill batman at the same time i think he knows all the missiles are going to land right there he's just trying to like wipe batman out but it's a bit weird. It's a bit. I don't. Quite yeah, that's a good point. It. I never, I never really thought about it. I just knew that pressing the button is bad. Um, but yeah, why would they fire on the button? Maybe it's just like a self-destruct kind of thing where they yeah. had a plan already before. But this is like the self-destruct. Okay, just fire on where this button is. Yeah. Maybe he had a backup because he knew Batman would get in the way. But that's that's yeah. what I think is going on. I think you're right. Yeah. Catwoman shows up here uh, in the sewer to kill Max Shrek. And Batman shows up to stop her. And they have one more moment where they wonder if it could possibly work out between them. Great moment. Batman pulls his mask off, revealing his identity, which is news to Shrek. I mean, Catwoman already knew, but it's news to Shrek. Shrek wants to know, what Bruce Wayne is doing dressed up as Batman? That's a great question. Amazing. It's a great question. It's a great line read from uh, <laughs> from Wanda. <laughs> yeah, totally <It's> amazing. <laughs> Catwoman takes her mask off. Shrek sees it's Selena Kyle, and he fires her. He fires. So he fires Selena Kyle first. He already killed and her. Then he asks. Yeah. Then he asks. <laughs> he already killed Selena. Now he's firing her, 
And then he asks Bruce why he's dressed as Batman. Just think of what's going through his mind right now. Like he first needs to fire Selina Kyle and then he needs to figure out why is Bruce down here dressed as Batman? It's just so it's, great. It's I love it. It's it, comedy throughout. Yeah, it's really funny. It, it's anyway, it's too much for him to comprehend. So he just shoots, he much, shoots yeah. Bruce. He's like, let's get someone out of this equation. Yeah. He shoots Bruce. Then yeah. he shoots Selena several times. Um, Four. And she's losing her nine lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Liked it. And she keeps like walking through the gunshots and gets all the way over to Shrek. And she gives him a kiss with a taser from earlier. While mm-hmm. grabbing a power line. Yeah, Tim, a kiss can be deadly if you mean it. True. Now, this was where Two-Face was going to come into play. This was supposed to be Makes sense. Two-Face. She was supposed to kiss Harvey Dent, do that exact same thing, and like fry fry his half, half of yeah. his face. Yeah, that makes sense. The penguin rises out of the water for one last fight. But no. He just takes a few steps, then falls over dead. And his penguins drag him into the water for a proper burial. What? That was dramatic, dude. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got pallbearer penguins that like push him into the water for a proper penguin funeral. And it's sad. the movie takes it's sad. The movie takes its time here. Yes. It's not just like the villain is dead and it's over. The movie is like, okay, penguins slowly approach yeah. and then they slowly push him into the water and we see him sink. It's like, this is traumatic. This guy was the main part of the movie. He was probably on the screen the most of anybody in the movie. Right. It is his death. Let's stick yeah, with it here. Totally. Let's actually let it feel. Yeah. It's like we lost the hero here is what it we feels did, like. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. It is. It is. It is very good. I, I really like it. It's sort of one. Of, it it like encapsulates something that's been going on the entire movie for me, where the villains that are called Penguin and the Catwoman have animalistic attributes like they are very animalistic. The Penguin is an animal. Yeah. Catwoman has turned into an animal. She's doing things that cats do. And I love it. It's very it does feel very comic booky. Maybe it's not very Batman comic booky, but it does feel very comic booky to me that these characters have taken on attributes of what their name is, like what the animals are that they are named after, and I love it. Me too, man. It's great. Yeah. Great decision to to do that and it was executed uh very very well. Yeah, man. So we then see Alfred driving Bruce through the city in a snowstorm. Bruce thinks he sees Catwoman. He jumps out to find nothing other than a stray black cat, which he takes for him mm. himself. Alfred says, come what may, Merry Christmas, Master Wayne. The camera pans up through the buildings to see the bat signal. And then we see Catwoman who's looking at it. And the end. Cool, man. One thing I want to say we didn't really touch on is the city at Christmas time in this movie really felt like a character. Uh, the white snow, it's its always snow on the ground. It's often snowing in the scenes. That really 
played a big part in this movie for me. Yeah. Um, especially with Catwoman and her suit. There's lots of scenes where totally. she's in the alley. And Batwoman at this... Uh, Batwoman? Oh, my goodness. Batwoman's not in this movie. It's Batman. Batman in his black suit. Catwoman in her black suit. Penguin yeah. is wearing black often at nighttime. The black versus the white snow. This contrast. Uh, the white hair of Max Shrek. Just like the black and white totally. vibe in this movie is outstanding. Yeah. Um. I remember that one of the Batman posters, like, do you remember in the original Batman, the poster was just like the yellow bat symbol? Yeah. So for this one, it was the bat symbol with like white snow kind of like on it and covering it. And it said something like the bat, the cat, and I don't know. The bird? The bird? Maybe. Maybe. Something like like that. It was like a teaser poster. But- that whole like winter, yeah. the whole winter feeling, the Christmas feeling, what a weird time to put this type of a movie in Christmas, but it, it totally, totally worked. It was beautiful visually. Um, I mean, I just love it because it's like a Christmas movie for me now, but yeah, that's all. That's what I wanted yeah. to s- stick in there at the end. I'm with you. I love that. His like, I love every time he's just like, in his suit and there's just like snow everywhere he's the black the snow is the white he's got a little bit longer ears in this movie than he does in batman and i like a batman with longer ears longer cape so this is like i think he looks better in this movie than he does in in batman um so i yeah i just really love his suit in this one um i I love this movie tim this movie to me is a 10 out of 5 And it is a 10 out of 5 because if you eliminate Catwoman from the story and it's just the Penguin and Batman, it's 5 out of 5. And if you take the Penguin out of the story and it's just the Catwoman and Selina Kyle and Bruce story, it's 5 out of 5. So I give this movie 10 out of 5 because I think it is that perfect, that excellent. I love it so much. It's, It's three people's trauma in different ways and how they're reacting to it in different ways and interacting with each other it's it's so perfect yes agreed yeah it's perfect the performances are what do it for me um oh totally it is unbelievable unbelievable performances if you haven't seen this movie in a yeah. while uh go back to it um oh hey dean what was the scariest part for you oh thank you for bringing it back because i realized halfway through that we skipped over it it's when catwoman um, is in an alley with a thug and she scratches his face yeah. down into the side and I just thought. puts those like bloody marks in yeah. his face. And to me, like as a kid, blood was the worst. Like just seeing any sort of blood was so scary for me. So that was kind of, yeah, that was the worst for me. And I was too young um, to really see that much violence and that much sort of just weird, disgusting stuff. So I did not like this one. I watched it a couple of years ago and absolutely fell in love with it. Um, yeah, so good. I will, one thing we didn't touch on that I would, would like to say is Catwoman is like extremely sexy in this movie and not objectified at all. Like there is no ass shots. There is no cameras up and down her, which sometimes they do in Marvel movies. I think this is like a perfect way to do a sexy superhero or even a villain, I guess in this case, but it is absolutely amazing. This character in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Other than the fact, like, the costume 
objectifies her. But the camera doesn't. Like the camera, yeah, the camera is never showing that off. Like she chose that costume. She made that costume. The camera isn't just ass shot. You know, yeah, no, it, I, I hear you. I hear you. It, it's done in a, in a, in a, in a good way. Yeah. I hear you. Cool. Yeah. If it wasn't uh, the Max Shrek, um, killing Selena Kyle scene, I, my guess was that it was going to be the slash to the face, which was very, very disturbing for your most, most scary part. That was, that was the one man. That was it. It was, that one stuck with me for a while. Yeah. That, I, I don't know if, yeah, I'll ever get over that one it's very disturbing just the look i'll never forget the look on that guy's face as it's happening i know that's the thing it was just, he's whoa. like surprised i was not expecting this yeah he's surprised his face he is surprised yeah he's yeah. surprised yeah i would be surprised too mm-hmm. all right cool well dean thanks for joining yeah thanks tim thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back, where you can make a one-time donation of any amount. Or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.